recorded live in the Phantasmo Lounge high atop the Captain O'Hagan building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Trick or Treat. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. Tonight, the first uh, podcast of the Halloween season. So we're going to dive back into some horror. And, you know, this one, is again, another one I can't believe we haven't done yet. Well, this one's, I can't say new because it's not brand new, but it's newer. And yeah, we you know, often do older well, stuff. Well, let's put it this way. We don't think we've done this one yet. <laughs> You know, I can't believe we haven't, so it feels like we must have talked about this at some point. Yeah, and you know, we've looked over the list of, what have we got, 126, 27 episodes so far? Yeah, it's not listed, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It doesn't show up in this one that we've done on our list, and we went back and looked, so I guess we haven't done it, but we're doing it now. And this movie, Trick or Treat, not to be confused with Trick or Treat, <laughs> with Gene Simmons and uh, Rock's Chosen Warrior Sammy Kerr from the 80s. Which, you know, we might need to do that one at some point, too. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to do that with Tony. Tony loves that Tony, movie. Tony, yeah, you need to do that with Tony. Yeah. But this one, Trick or Treat, is one of the best Halloween-themed films I've ever seen. Right, right. It's, it's an, an anthology so much, It's an anthology film, and I love anthologies, of course. But this one is is such a good anthology. Oh, man. The way... No kidding. Yeah. It's five different short stories. And they're all interwoven together. Mm-hmm. Where, all, all in the same little town. Yeah. They happen within an hour. It, some of the stories are happening at the same time. Yeah. Some of them happen within an hour or two of each other. Mm-hmm. And the detail in this thing. Amazing. It's one of those movies where you can watch it three or four times and you're going to see something different every time. Yeah. There, are, there are quite a few anthologies out there. Oh, yeah, but we've I covered think a few of them. We have, and I think that this one might be my very favorite. Well, you know, like again, like I said, the attention to detail is what's so amazing with this, that you don't really notice it at first. You have until, to get the until, watch. Yeah, until almost the end of the movie, maybe, you know. Well, and a couple of the stories do drastically intersect. Yeah, but they do. there's some of them where whatever's happening in the foreground, the main story, Something's going on in the background that's part of one of the other stories. Yeah. Like whether a character or two will walk by or you'll see them arguing or mm-hmm. something in the background of what's happening in the main story. Yeah. And that happens continuously throughout the movie. Right. And a couple of the characters show up throughout the stories. Mm-hmm. Like you'll see them in a couple of different stories walking by. So you see how they're all interconnected and where they take place. Right. It's it's done relatively chronologically but because the stories are all taking place at the same time it feels like it's doing time jumps here and there yeah and it but it, but does it say, doesn't get confusing no, at no. all to me because between some of the scenes it says it'll say earlier that night yeah or later that evening or two hours from now or right. something like that yeah so it does keep you on track and by the end of the film you see oh crap yeah, that's where that, oh, yeah, those people there, yeah. you know. And that's how it all ties together. Yeah. It's yeah. like the last story and the first story are happening at almost at the same time. Mm-hmm. Or the last story happened just before part of the first story, but you don't know that until the very end when you see 
some of the characters from the first story. Yeah. Or the well, last story, you saw them in the first story, but you didn't know they were part of the last story. You know? All right. Well, let's get into the, the actual <laughs> movie some, because right now, first story, last story, third story is getting very confusing. Yeah. So who's If you like who's puzzles, you're going to want to watch it now. Yeah, no kidding. Um, who's in this movie? Quite a few people. Okay, well, a few people of, of note. I mean, Anna Paquin, mm-hmm. or Paquin, or however you want to say it. And this was just... I think this was made just before she did True Blood or during. Yeah, I think it was before True Blood, but yeah. I think it might have come out after True Blood. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was filmed before, but came out after. Yeah. Dylan Baker, who's a guy you've seen in tons of stuff, character actor guy mm-hmm. in tons of stuff. Always like the straight laced dad kind of guy. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. And then Brian Cox, mm-hmm. who's been in everything. Right. Those are the main players. There, there's a few there's other a faces other, that you've like, yeah. seen in things, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, you're not sure if it's that person or if it looks like somebody. Yeah. They're not names. Well, like pretty much every one of the girls that are in the story with Anna Paquin, Mm -hmm. I have seen in other stuff. Okay, I I couldn't say that. I mean, not like they're huge, huge names. Not Newer stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, newer stuff. But I've seen them in stuff. Yeah. Anyway, well, we can uh, can continue on. But yeah, there are lots of faces that I recognize. So the stories now... You can't talk about the movie without giving spoilers. Yeah, so if you really don't want to know, watch it and then come back to the, the And then podcast. listen to the podcast, yeah. But it opens up. The credits are really cool. It's like a comic book. Yeah. And the way the credits are done is fantastic. And I think the first story there is the the principal. Well, it opens up with the robot girl and... Oh, that's right. Yeah. The guy in the the old Buck Rogers costume and yeah. the girl in the robot costume coming home after a Halloween party. Yep. And she's a stick in the mud about Halloween yeah. and wants to take all Halloween decorations down now yeah, on it's, Halloween it's night since it's Hall- over. Yeah, it's not even over. Yeah. And she wants she's to take like, it well, down. Well, Halloween's over. So he's like, no, it's still going on. You don't take decorations down. And she says, well, I'm going to do it. I hate Halloween. So he says, okay, well, I'll wait for you inside because I don't want to be any part of it. Yeah. So he goes inside and puts on a porn and falls asleep. And she starts taking the decorations down and comes to an end. Yes, she does. (laughs) She doesn't last much longer. No. And that starts the movie. And then that's almost like a prequel to the stories. But then you'll see them in the background of the rest of the the rest of the movie. So So this is like the last thing that happens. Yeah. So she's dead. And you're going to see her a lot throughout the rest of the movie. Not, not as prime, you know, but you'll see her. Yeah. They walk by a couple of the other characters. I think you bump into one of the characters at the Mm -hmm. Halloween street party. Yeah. But then we get to the principal, this fat kid who's been walking around with no costume and a bag trying to get treats and knocking people's pumpkins over and smashing them. So he goes up to the principal's house Rings the bell on the principal. He's not there. He's not there, but he walks up behind him. He's gone out and get a jack-o'-lantern. And he gives him some candy. And he's sitting there carving jack-o'-lantern and has him sit down and eat the candy. And he's telling him, My dad taught me tonight is about respecting the dead. Because this is the one night that the dead and all sorts of other things roam free <laughs> and pay us a visit. But the kid starts eating the candy, scarfing it down, and then he starts to get sick. And he starts throwing up and he's throwing up chocolate and blood and he chokes and he dies right there. Mm-hmm. And the principal drags him into the house. Other kids come up. Trick, trick. Anyway, there's a little more involved with the scene that goes on. But basically, the principal just killed the kid. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> you know? Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. 
and he drags him out into the backyard. He's got this huge and, grave well, dug. Yeah, you see, well, he drags a sack with a body in it. You don't see the kid's body. It's right. in a sack. And while he's doing that, his kid calls from upstairs. Daddy! I'm back from trick-or-treating! Mm-hmm. And he acts surprised to see him. He's like, hey, be quiet, be quiet. I'm doing gardening. I've got to finish the gardening. <laughs> like he's trying to hide what's going on from him. And and you see him down in the, in the grave he's dug, and there's other bodies down there. Yeah. And again, I wasn't paying attention, but apparently if you can see the mask on the faces there in the, mm-hmm. in the grave. And there's some of the kids you see trick-or-treating at somebody else's house in another part of the movie. Right, so another tie-in. Yeah, so it's hap- he's killed a few kids this particular night. Right. But while he's digging the grave and the neighbor's little chihuahua dog comes yapping at the fence. It's not a chihuahua, but that's okay. Well, whatever, a little yip-yip dog. Yeah, zip. And the neighbor is Brian Cox. Mm-hmm. And he's coming out yelling at the neighbor and yelling at the dog. He goes back in. And then you see when Dylan Baker's going back in the house, you see something go by the window. In Brian Cox's house. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the last story of the movie. Yeah, but we what happens in there, there but we don't know that yet. So Dylan Baker goes back in the house, and his his kid wants to carve the jack o' lantern, and he's like, "Okay, let's go down to the basement and do it." And and it's real creepy. And you're like, "Oh God, he's gonna kill his own kid." Jeez, this is awful. <laughs> and he goes down, and it shows the kid like his face, and it shows Dylan Baker behind him raising the knife. And the kid's saying something sweet about carving the jack-o'-lantern. He goes, okay, Billy, let's you know, do it. And he slams a knife down. And you're like, oh, shit, he just killed his kid. And then the camera backs up, and his kid is like, don't forget you know, to carve the eyes out. And it's the fat kid's head on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, man, he's turning his little kid into a serial killer now. You know? Oh, it's horrible. It's really creepy, but you're relieved that he didn't kill his own kid. <laughs> Even though he has now created another serial killer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So then so this, th- this stops. That so, ends. Yeah. Then we go into the next story, which I think is the girls trying on the costumes. I think that's right. Right? This group of sorority Anna girls Paquin. or whatever. Anna Paquin is one of them. Yeah. And they're trying on costumes at the costume shop. And this little kid is eating a lollipop and peeking in the dressing rooms, which come to find out that little kid is the Sam character, which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Sam is the character you've seen on all the advertising, the posters for this movie in the orange Little footy jumpsuit, jumpsuit with, the with the burlap sack mm-hmm, that looks like a jack-o'-lantern jack-o'-lantern yeah burlap sack head he's um, got the little jack-o'-lantern lollipop yeah. that's got a bite taken out of it and he's the character that shows up in every story in like he's watching what's going on mm-hmm. you know and you're not sure okay is he just the spirit of halloween or is what's going on but he plays a major part in the last story yeah anyway but the little kid peeking in the dressing rooms is is the the actor. Kid, the, the actor that played Sam in most of the scenes. Yeah. Except for the stunt. So they had a stunt kid for some of those, which mm-hmm. they really did, a stunt kid. And that the director says on the commentary, they really wanted a kid to play the part instead of a, a midget or a little person mm-hmm. because kids move differently than yeah. adults, no matter even if they're you know midgets. They, yeah. They're still adults. They move differently and kids move a certain way. Right. So he wanted it to look like a kid. You know? Yeah. He said at one point that they had to use a little person because they were filming in the middle of the night and it was past when they were allowed to have oh, children yeah. on set. Well, no, that, that that was all the kids trick-or-treating up and down the street. Yeah. Those were all, all, all midgets and they weren't real kids. Really? Because of that. Because they couldn't film after a certain time at night. Huh. So that's Crazy. what a lot of that was. So the girls get the costumes and of course, Anna Paquin gets Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah, and and the whole the whole conversation here, if Le- you listen to it, is leading it you gives to what you, the story is. Well, right, but if you're yeah. not really 
listening to it for that. It's just conversation. Yeah, it's just conversation. But if you listen to the cues, it really is giving you clues about what's happening yeah. and what, what's going to happen. And, of course, in this scene, you see the, the couple of the other characters in the background at different points. And they're all getting dates to go to this party in the woods, this Halloween party in the woods. Mm-hmm. And Anna Paquin has to get her own date. And she's the little sister of one of the girls. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, we'll meet you there because you have to get your own date. That's the kind of the rules. Right. So she, you know, is trying to find somebody, can't find somebody. And finally she. At one point she sits down on the bench outside and she's just looking and she gets a call from her sister and she's like, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what she talks about, but she, she acts like she's you know, trying to find somebody. And she looks and she sees this guy in a, a black cape and a hood and he's got a mask on yeah. and vampire teeth. Yeah. And he's all bloody. Yeah. And she kind of looks at him funny, tips her head a little bit to the side, which is interesting. Yeah. Like dogs do. <laughs> yeah. And then she blinks and he's gone or somebody walks in front of her and yeah. he's gone. So she just starts walking. Yeah. And then she just gives up and just starts walking. And then that guy shows up. Yeah. And it looks like he's going to attack her. Well, he does attack her. But then her. she, well, but he, and then he it switches doesn't to... attack her. She invites him. No, no, no. That was in the extras. Does she? I thought that was in the deleted scenes. Well, maybe I can't remember. That was the I thought she scenes. invites him to no, the it party. No, sh- it just shows her him attack her. Oh, really? Okay. Or start well, to attack I, her. Yeah. I mix those up. There's a, on the Blu-ray. There's a lot of extra scenes that flesh out some of. It's just a couple of minutes here and there, but it does flesh out some of the scenes. Yeah, I thought she did invite him, but in any case, he attacks yeah. her. And the next scene, if goes to the bonfire party in the woods with all the girls, and then one of them looks up and screams. And the Red Riding Hood cape wrapped around a body falls and hits the ground. And they're freaking out and they go over and look at it and they unwrap it. And it's that dude. Mm-hmm. And she comes walking up and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, what because just that, uh, we, I, we forgot to mention, there's another quick scene of the guy in the vampire mask actually killing a girl in an alley. Yeah. Before she sees him. So with yeah, his vampire so he's, like, he's already killed somebody before Anna sees him. That's right. Yeah. So anyhow, they see that he's, he's there and she, Anna comes walking up. Yeah. And she's fine and dandy. And there's a lot of cool dialogue going on here. And she kneels down on him and says, you know, be gentle. It's my first time. And he's like, who are you? And the girls start howling and start peeling off their skin. It turns out they're werewolves and they kill all the guys that are there. Yeah. And she. And then, well, then they take the mask off. And who is it? Oh, yeah. They pull the mask off the guy. The the vampire guy. And then pull. first they pull the fangs out of his mouth. They're not real fangs. Yeah. And they pull the mask up. And it's Dylan Baker, the principal from the first scene. Yeah. So not only has he killed children, he also dresses up like a vampire and runs around and bites yeah. people and kills them by bleeding them to death. Yeah. So and so that's and drinking their blood, I might add. Yeah. And so we see Sam at the end of that scene, sitting on a log watching what's happening. Yeah. And then it switches scenes. Oh, what's that? Where does it go to now? Was it, does it go now to the the ki- the kids that are going to the quarry? So then you see these. These kids trick-or-treating, and they're upset because they don't have enough pumpkins. You get the idea that they want some jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. And first you see them go up to the principal's yeah. house. Well, I think you... Do you see them in the first scene? I can't remember. There's so many tie-ins. I, yeah. I get confused just quoting it back to you. But you go up to the principal's house and knock, and then... Lo and behold, those were the kids that knocked on the door right after he killed the first kid that ate all the candy. Yeah. So he's standing there bloody and gives them candy. But anyway, they end up having to get jack-o'-lanterns, which they do successfully get a bunch of jack-o'-lanterns from... Brian Cox. 
Right. And then from the girl. Yeah. What was her name? Oh, Rhonda. Rhonda. Yeah. They Well, they were going to get her to begin with, I think. Right? I don't know. They made anyway. it seem like it was a surprise. Yeah. Anyway, th- these kids are assholes. But they they get the jack-o'-lanterns and they get this girl, Rhonda, who's a little slow. They Maybe call, she's a little autistic. In the, she's on the spectrum for sure, but she's yeah. she's brilliant apparently. She's a savant. Yeah, in the movie, the chick dressed up like a angel calls yeah. her an idiot savant. Yeah, but anyhow, so they they get her and these three other kid, four other kids. They go to this the rock quarry in town, and one of them tells a story about this school bus years and years ago. They had the kids from the school on it. They're all dressed in the Halloween costumes, but you look and you see they're like chained to the bus seats. Right. And she they tell the story about how the parents in town of those kids couldn't take it caring for them anymore. Yeah. They so, just had enough. So, so they, they paid, conspired with the bus driver. Yeah, paid off the bus driver to drive the bus off the cliff. Into the rock quarry. Yeah, and kill all the kids. Well, something happens on the bus and the, the bus driver gets stuck. He can't get out of it. Oh, one of the kids breaks his chain and drives the bus. Mm-hmm. And it goes and it shows it go over, over the cliff. Right. And the kids are telling a story and they were never found. And so they're going to take the jack-o'-lanterns down to the quarry as like tribute or something. Yeah, there to were eight, Halloween. eight kids and so they, they were all have, in their Halloween costumes yeah, and they're having eight, eight jack-o'-lanterns. Right. So they get the quarry and they go down, they go down the elevator, but only three, three of them can go at a time. So the first three kids go down, and the one kid wakes up with Rhonda. They send the elevator back up, and the one kid and Rhonda go down, and the other kids aren't there. Right. They can't find them. So they start walking towards the water, and they see the bus in the water. Yep. And then all of a sudden, it's like these zombies rise from the muck and yeah, stuff. and, and start grab Rhonda's ankle. Yeah, and she freaks out, and they start chasing her and the other kid, and she drops her glasses like Velma. And she starts really freaking out. And then one of the kids get, they get up closer and they say, okay, this isn't cool. She's, and they pull the mask off and it's those kids. Yeah. Well, they had even the one kid that went down on the elevator with her. They even had him, him, her. I can't remember. It may have been a girl being eviscerated. Oh yeah. Like they had set it up. So it looked like he was, they were being eviscerated. Yeah. Special effects. Yeah. Yeah. But but she was freaking the hell out. I mean, flipping out. And the other kid, most, the other three are like, okay, that's enough. But the angel chick is like, no, screw that. We're going to, you know, she deserves it or whatever. Yeah. And I forget what exactly, why exactly it happens, but they get back to the elevator. The one's going to take her up. And then the real zombie kids start coming out of the water. Yeah. The ghosts of the kids that really died. And they end up catching them. One of the kids and dragging her back and they're all running the elevator. Rhonda gets to the elevator, shuts the door and they're banging on the door. So let us in, let us in. And she just looks at them with dead, cold eyes. Presses the button and starts the elevator starts rising up, and you see the zombie kids grab the asshole kids. I don't even know if you see them grab them. Well, all. you get to see them but get the, close yeah. anyway. She gets to the top and she grabs the, her wagon with and the, you whatever hear all is the left kids of the being screaming in the yeah. rock quarry. And Sam is walking by, and they like kind of look at each other and just walk by each other. And yeah, keep they going. just kind of nod and walk by yeah. each other. Sam's like, "Oh, okay, you're keeping the spirit of Halloween alive with the jack o' lantern. You you can go." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one was a cool one. That one was cool. A really creepy, yeah. So now we go to the old man who's yelling at the principal at the beginning, mm-hmm. get to his house. And of course, he's the crotchety old guy in the neighborhood that everybody's had in every neighborhood in America. Yep. Get off the lawn, you know, guy. He's being a dick to the trick-or-treaters and all that. And he's wheezing and drinking booze. And he gets visited by Sam. 
Yeah. You don't realize right at first it's Sam, but somebody's in the house. Yeah, somebody's in the house. And, of course, he goes through a whole bunch of stuff where he gets, just gets just messed up. Yep. And in the end, he fights Sam at the end. And and Sam's Sam's mask comes off. And, you know, the thing underneath Sam's mask, the whatever they did yeah. to Sam's actual face, looked pretty darn cool. But I must admit, I would have rather never seen that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like the mystery of not knowing what's under the mask. Yeah. I just like yeah. Sam's cute yeah, Sam's... little burlap sack jack-o'-lantern yeah. face because he looks so cute. It looks cute, and but it's also creepy because you don't know what's under there. Yeah, exactly. When he takes it off, he's got a big hydrocephalic head. Yeah, but kind of pumpkin esque, kind of pumpkin like, and his face is looks like a cross between a jack o' lantern and a skull. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. You know, so is he a mutant or what? You don't know. You know, you get the impression that he's supposed to be a demon of some yeah, sort, right? Because he gets half his head blown off and it kind of grows back, and it, Brian Cox shotguns his hand off at the wrist and it just reattaches, and it reattaches. Yeah. yeah, and his head gets where his head gets blown off. It's all dripping like pumpkin seeds. And yeah, stuff. that was neat. Yeah, so. What happens is uh, he doesn't kill him, though. Sam beats the crap at him, but he doesn't kill him. Right. Because he's getting ready to stab him with that candy bar with the knife in it. Mm -hmm. And he ends up stabbing a piece of candy that's laying on him. And he takes the candy. And Brian Cox looks at him like, uh, and Sam's like, okay, I got a treat. I'm good. Yeah. And he just walks out the door. Yeah. You know? And oh, and while I don't know, at the end of this scene or the middle, I think of the then scene, it pans over towards the fireplace or yeah, something. And Brian Cox is throwing old photographs and stuff in the fireplace, and you see one of them burning. Mm -hmm. Is the school bus with the kids? Turns out he was the bus driver. Yeah, and he lived. Yep. I think in the one scene it does show him cross his, his hands coming back over the top of the cliff, like he made it or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, and there's a, there's an ending. There's a little bit more to the ending of that. But you do see in the final scene, you see like Rhonda walking by. Yeah. And I think she walks out in the street and the girls in the, the werewolf girls in the car almost hit her. They stop. Yeah. And then you see the robot and the Buck Rogers guy walking across the street to their to house. To home. Yep. Yeah. So you see almost everybody crossing paths. Yeah. At one so the point. very, the very last scene is actually Brian. The first scene. Yeah. Well, right. The very last yeah. scene is actually the first scene because when Sam leaves Brian Cox's house, mm -hmm. With his treat, he then goes across the street and kills and the, girl kills the, the robot girl. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a fantastic. The stories are fantastic. It's shot very well. There's oh, some it's beautiful. Gorgeous. There's some beautiful shots and setups in yeah. it. Some of the transition stuff that goes on. Oh, the it's camera fantastic. transitions. Yeah, the one from you see like this beautiful full moon shot, and then it transitions to Sam's head sitting on a log, or maybe no, it's, it's vice versa. It's yeah. Sam sitting on a log, to and the then it transitions to his head. The moon takes a place where his head is, and it goes oh, just a shot of gorgeous. the sky. And everything in it, though, is, is the shots are, are beautiful. I mean, even from the crowded street scene for the Halloween party yeah. to Brian Cox's house to the quarry stuff, it's moody, it's atmospheric. Yeah. Um, There's oh. some really cool art where they do the comic book pages at the oh, beginning yeah. Yeah. and at the end. And the attention to detail is something that you don't really notice, and you have to really look for it. All the candy, they couldn't get the rights to use any, oh, any yeah. real candy. Right. So all the candy bars and stuff you see, the names on the, they had to make up, make the wrappers. Yeah, fake candy wrappers. Yeah. So all the names on the candy are the names of people in the crew. Mm -hmm. The booze that Brian Cox is drinking is like the director of photography. It's his name. I forget what his <laughs> name is, but that's on the bottle of the booze and stuff like that. All the pictures in Dylan Baker's house, mm -hmm. 
all the pictures on the wall. Oh, right. And the Halloween, Halloween pictures. pictures of crew and no, cast. Cast and crew and also Dylan Baker when he was a kid yeah. at Halloween. Actual pictures of that. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. And it said even in Brian Cox's house, stuff you won't see that they did to make it look like a really old guy's house who doesn't care anymore. They put fake rat poop on the window seals. You don't <laughs> even get close to the window seals. Yeah. You know, so that that attention to detail throughout the movie just makes it look beautiful. Yeah. A couple of things about the film itself now. It was originally slated to come out in 2007, mm -hmm. but it got shelved. Nobody knows exactly why. What speculation is one of the Saw movies, Saw 4, 5, 12, 20, whatever it was, <laughs> was coming out that same month, October that year. Mm -hmm. And they didn't want it to go up against it, so they pulled it, but they never put it back. Oh. On the slate. It finally went straight to DVD mm -hmm. in 2009. I don't think it really hurt it because... It's got a huge cult following. It does. I mean, it, we say cult following, but I'll tell you, there's tons of people who know Sam. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe they know Sam, but not even Trick or Treat. Yeah, so, they trick know or the iconic so character. Yeah. Because the, the character is very popular. Oh, and there's tons of, of Halloween decorations and action figures and all kinds of stuff with the Sam character. Yeah. I'm not sure that anybody uh, really yard knows who a, he is. And Halloween has a Sam decoration. You made him. Yeah, I did. <laughs> He's awesome. He's life-size and stands yeah, outside. Yeah, I did an old school flat uh, plywood, painted him on a piece of plywood and cut out the figure. He's awesome. Yeah. Oh, some other attention to detail, too. The In the school bus scene, mm -hmm. the flashback of the school bus scene, somewhere the school bus drives by Christine. The, the car, Christine? Yeah, the, was it a 58 Fury? 51 I, Fury. Something like something that. Something like 57? that. 57? I don't know. It was an old Fury from the 50s. Right. Uh, it's parked somewhere on the side of the road. That's awesome. Uh, Brian Cox's character in it, the old man, he wanted him to look like John Carpenter. Oh, yeah. I so he's got like that. a prosthetic nose and he's got long scraggly white hair and a, a mustache and beard. Yeah. Because apparently Brian Cox and I guess a lot of the crew are big Carpenter fans. The Oh, the rock quarry scene mm -hmm. now originally that was supposed to be the this thing went through a lot of rewrites mm -hmm. before it actually they started making it and uh the rock quarry scene was supposed to be at first was going to be take place in a pumpkin patch and they were going to try and make maybe the pumpkins come to life kind of thing then they switched it to a graveyard and they figured okay graveyard coming you know zombies coming out and they said well that's too cliche mm -hmm. how can we make these kids come back to life you mm -hmm. know so then they went okay the bus will go over a cliff and you know land in the water so they switched to a rock quarry, which I think was a fantastic idea because it's not a cliche setting, right? But it's still just as creepy as any universal graveyard. Yeah, that was it. Was know? a really really cool. Oh set. yeah. Didn't they say that they ended up having to make that rock quarry? Like they did some on set, or I mean on uh, location filming, but then they had to make the rock quarry to film a lot of it. I think I might be wrong about no, that. I think they I had to make the rock quarry. Some of the stuff was shot location the street stuff at the beginning and at the end where mm -hmm. they're walking up down the street i think most of that was shot on location yeah they you know, they rented a street basically and put people up in hotels so they could use their fronts of their houses and stuff yeah and the inside i think dylan baker's house all that was actually somebody's house brian cox house i believe all that was actually somebody's house no 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 that they made because that's the, the rap people yeah that was, but yeah. the front of his house was actually a house mm-hmm but the backyard was a uh, in the studio. Okay. Yeah, because they said this. They had this one big studio where they had like eight different sets back to back to back to back. So you could just walk. You know, you'd a be maze in a, of yeah. sets. Yeah. 
if you can get the Blu-ray of this, the extras on it are pretty cool. Yeah. And we yeah. watched it with the commentary this I time. I rarely watch commentary all yeah. the way through a movie, but this one was really worth it. It was it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, we're we watched this at least every year at yeah. Halloween, and I'm if sure, not more often. So I'm sure we'll I'm watch familiar. it again before Halloween without the commentary just to get into the film. Yeah. Because it really does set the mood for Halloween. Yeah. You know? Oh, another super interesting thing with this is all of the deaths, and I, I I didn't really pay attention to this watching it. Yeah, I didn't process it either. All of the deaths some. happen off camera, or something is obscuring your view, so you don't actually see a knife go in anybody. Yeah, you don't see the actual No, you dying. see somebody getting ready to <laughs> commit the murder, mm-hmm. or something getting ready to happen, and then the scene cuts to something else in the scene. Yeah. And it's done so well that it doesn't, you don't pay attention, it doesn't throw you. But yeah. you don't get the graphic gore, but you get the the tension of it, yeah. which is awesome. You know, I love it's that. It's amazing. You know, it's stuff you don't think about, but mm-hmm. it gives you a feeling. Right. Oh, also, too, this had a bunch of different title changes. A couple of the titles were uh, Halloween Terrors. Yeah, kind of cliche. Yeah. Jack-o'-lantern Tales. Not bad, That's you know. okay. Uh, Season's Greetings. That's not terrible. But they thought it sounded too much like Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. But Season's Greetings was actually the title of the animated short that the oh, director right. made the, in, in school. Yeah, the director made, as a film project in film school, made a short in 96 mm-hmm. called Season's Greetings with the character Sam in it. Which I actually saw before I saw yeah. the movie. And I love that. I post it every year. Oh, yeah. You can find it on YouTube. We'll, I'll definitely post it on the Facebook page for yeah. this podcast. Along with it's a t- really ton good. of pictures and poster art and stuff like that. Uh, it's a cool little short, and it's creepy. It is creepy. You it's know? great, but it's really it's really neat, and it really makes you like the Sam character a lot. <laughs> I love Sam. He's a cute little demon. He is. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, I can't say enough about this film. It is so good, and it's one of those that took me by surprise. You yeah. Know? I mean, I like the iconic look of the character. I'm like, okay, this looks kind of cool. I got to see this. But watching the film, it took me by surprise at how damn good it is. Yeah. Now, how did we stumble upon this? Was this one you found or did I find it? I can't remember. I think I'd seen, I've seen pictures of I mean, Sam I saw and saw, read animation. an article or something in, in Horror Hound or some magazine that was out at the time. I mean, a long, like right when it came out, I think, because we've yeah. known about it for a really long oh, yeah, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Practically everybody we know, yeah. we well, always we were say, hey, for... have you seen this? And yeah. we make them watch it. I read the article and then we were looking for it to come out, waiting for it to come out. And yeah. It finally came out on DVD. And we're like, oh, we got to see this movie, yeah. you know. I mean, it's up there with me as far as for Halloween themed movies. It's, it's right up there with Halloween. Mm-hmm. I mean. Carpenter's Halloween is the Halloween movie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is number two for me. Yeah. You know, it's it's that damn good. And whether you like anthologies or not, this is a different kind of anthology where all the stories are literally connected. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. anthologies out there that are literally just short stories that they put yeah. together. In and they the have same like a movie. framing sequence or something. But right. This is this one's all yeah, interwoven. Stuff that is happening in each story is part of the other story. Mm hmm. And it's really I love cool. that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's really cool to go back and watch it. Like I said, each time you watch it, you'll pick up something different. Yeah. And like, oh, damn, I didn't see that character before. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the one from this story. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, they're in this story. Well, that explains what's go- why they act this way in the other story they're in. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
or what happens later happened before this story. Yeah. You know, or so. this this last time watching the commentary, we didn't talk about it, but there's one scene where the, these kids go trick-or-treating and they knock on this one door and it's this party, this adult party going on. Yeah, and they're middle-aged having middle-aged swingers, basically. Yeah, like middle-aged swingers party or yeah. something. And this lady in like all black and... Cat outfit. Yeah. And she's about... You know, three sheets drunk. Yeah, and her, I don't know, boyfriend, husband, somebody is dressed in like a hot dog costume. Yeah, and he's like humping a pig. Yeah. Somebody in a pig costume. It's crazy. Anyway, so they get the candy from the trick-or-treater or to the trick-or-treaters, and then that's all you see of them. Then later, during the werewolf scene, you can't really see her. You can see, like, her legs, yeah. and you see her rolling a body the that's in costume. a hot dog costume. Yeah, she's just up at the top left after corner of the all screen. The, after all the girls have changed and eaten uh, as werewolves, you yeah. know. So apparently she was a werewolf as well, but they don't say anything about that. Yeah. Nothing's mentioned and I would not have noticed it yeah. had I not watched the commentary because the director pointed it out that that yeah. was her. Because it's so quick and she's like I said, just up in the left corner yeah. of the screen. So. And her face is cut off. You just yeah. see her, the bottom half of her body. And there's a lot of that stuff throughout the movie. Yeah. Again, it's it's very moody and atmospheric. It's beautifully shot. Very easy to to find. I mean, I'm sure it's still out on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, it's it's yeah. on. You know, probably the Roku channels. I don't know about Netflix, Amazon Prime. I'm sh- you know sure. Yeah, watch it for Halloween. If you've never seen it, watch it this year. You'll watch it every year after this. Yeah, it'll become a tradition quickly. I uh, love it. I'm. I'm. We showed this at. Fantasma yeah, we did. Cult Cinema Explosion, didn't we? At least once, if not a couple times. Well, we rarely showed a movie twice at Fantasma, but yeah. yes, we uh, definitely showed this one once. Uh, the merchandising for this thing, there wasn't a lot of merchandise promoting the movie because it didn't get a studio push. But after it came out on DVD and then, of course, got, started to get the cult following, started to steamroll. Then it exploded. There's Sam stuff everywhere. If I think last Halloween there was a bunch of Sam stuff at what Spirit Halloween. Yeah, they had yeah. a bunch of stuff. I mean, even even so far as like Sam decorations, things you hang on the wall for yeah, party decorations. Party decorations. And stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And there's beautiful figures by I think Sideshow and Mezco yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, but I do wonder. It didn't begin as a mainstream film by any means since it came out straight to DVD, yeah. but it's gotten big. So I certainly say there's a cult following, but I wonder if it's mainstream enough that like the, I don't know, watchers. Sur- surface heart. Yeah, heart would watch yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure it does. I mean, it's it's one of those that uh, it's got a cult following, but it's it's grown past that is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think that's fair to say because since it's got decorations and you know halloween stories yeah like that's that. what i mean well, i mean like if I you said, go out if if just average yeah. joe blow goes to the store and yeah. sees freddie or sees jason uh-huh. they know what that is because that's yeah. common it's in the pop everybody culture. knows yeah. that yeah but i mean sam started showing up and i don't know that that was right away yeah. well you know it's the same thing common. i mean it's kind of the same thing with rocky horror you know, that I've said Rocky. But Horror, it took a long time. Yeah, but Rocky is always <laughs> always called a cult film. And it always was. Yeah. It's not anymore. I don't call it a cult. I mean, I still, it still call it a cult, a cult film. Following. It still has a cult following. But it's not like a cult film that only the cult that follows it knows yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Everybody and their brother knows about Rocky Horror. It's been on television on prime time. Yep. Glee did it. There's been Rocky Horror toys in the mall. And and Rocky Horror decorations and stuff, you yeah. know, for Halloween. So it's not a cult 
by definition film anymore. It just like I you know kind of like Trick or Treat. It started out it was a cult film, but now it's more of in the mainstream horror, yeah, pop culture, you know, lexicon kind of thing. Yeah. It's just a, an interesting evolution. That's all. Oh it, yeah, it's not good or bad. I well, don't mean it that way. Know, I just... Islander was the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it started. It it kind of bombed at the box office. It developed a cult following on video, right? And the video stores, you know, people started renting it. And as a cult following grew, then they made a couple more movies. Yeah. That then you get a TV release, show. Got wide theatrical release. And I don't the know TV what you're talking about. Off. There never was a second movie. What? Do you, not no. Third, fourth, whatever. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but then the TV show took off, so it it rose beyond the cult. Yeah. You know that it that started it, and that's kind of what's happened with Sam, I guess, and Trick yeah. or Treat. I mean, and good on them. It's a great movie. I'm I'm glad it's getting the recognition that it deserves. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, on the one hand, you love having being part of a cult following of things because then it's like you've got your your tribe and your private yeah. little thing that <laughs> that you that you guys understand and your group of people. This is your thing. Yeah, you know, this is ours. And but it's also cool that it's like, man, you know, you something that you love, you want to share with everybody. Yeah, you want everybody to know. You about know, it. and and so on the other hand, it's cool that a lot of people are into it and like it. Mm-hmm. And because if they do, that means more merchandise that you can get. It's <laughs> <laughs> true, too. Oh, goodness. Yeah, definitely. Watch this film. Yeah, absolutely. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah. Oh, just as an aside, because I I know people are going to be shocked, but I, and I don't think Rob either, had never seen Trilogy, is it Trilogy oh, of Trilogy, Terror? Trilogy of Terror, yeah. Until recently. Believe it or not, yeah, I don't know why I've never seen it. It's always been one I've been meaning to and see. And you really like Karen Black. I love Karen Black, yeah. We finally watched it the other night, and we almost did a podcast on that, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we have... Enough uh, to talk about. Yeah, enough to really talk about that other than... It was cool. We enjoyed yeah, it. Karen yeah. Black was in all... It's another anthology. It's three short stories. They're not tied together. They're not tied it's together It's just that Karen all. Black is in every one of them. Yeah, she plays... Not a, as the same character. No, she plays a different character in each one, and... They're pretty good. It's yeah. not phenomenal. It's not great, but they're fun. Yeah, this is the one where if anybody talks about this, they always talk about that the, one. The Zuni fetish doll. With the Zuni fetish doll, yeah. right? The little doll. He's got yeah. the little spear and goes. And I think yeah. this, wasn't this a TV movie? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it, it definitely plays like a 70s TV movie. It yeah. has that. If it wasn't, it it has that feel that it was. So. Yeah. And I, we watched it on what? One of the Roku channels, I think. Yeah, I think it might have been on prime maybe on prime yeah yeah i think it's on prime that's another one hey, give that a watch yeah, it's a quick quick watch it's yeah kind of it was fun it was enjoyable i liked it a lot i liked yeah. all three of the the shorts that were on yeah. it including the the zuni fetish doll story yeah the first one has a nice little twist to it yeah, yeah. the second one i saw coming we both the saw second coming. one was very predictable but it was still yeah. good and the third one is has a nice little end yeah sort of a twist yeah not, you know? not really a twist so much but it's still a really good yeah. ending Anyway, yeah, so there's another one. Check out Trilogy, Trilogy of Terror. Trilogy of Terror. Tell another, yeah, tell a friend. <laughs> Anyhow, I guess that's about it. Yeah, that's all I've got. Uh, I could gush and gush and gush on Trick or Treat. This is one of those films that I try to get everybody to watch for Halloween. You that's know, right. Well, never so seen it. for this Halloween season, make sure that you don't smash your jack-o'-lantern on Halloween night. Leave it lit yeah. until after Halloween so that Sam doesn't come and punish you. Exactly. So we've got one thing left to do. We do. We have to prove that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes.
We try to play this game almost every episode, every episode that we do together, because we discovered a long time ago that the world revolves around Planet of the Apes. You could connect anything back to the original Planet of the Apes films, you know, kind of like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but mm-hmm. we discovered this first. Give me something or somebody from this movie, and I will connect it back to Planet of the Apes. Well, I can't think of another reason that we're ever going to be able to use Anna Paquin, so let's use her. Okay. Anna Paquin? Yeah. Wasn't the X-Men with um, Patrick Stewart, who was on <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation with Mark Leonard, who was Urko in the Planet Apes TV series. I knew you were going to do that, because I was like, well, it's easy, <laughs> but we'll do that anyway. <laughs> Brian Cox would have gone the same way. Yeah. You want Dylan Baker, though? Wait, sure. you want, you want I'll get an extra Just one. do the whole cast. Yeah, okay. do Dylan Baker. Dylan Baker was in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles with Steve Martin. Okay. Who was a direct, well, almost a direct, a direct link. Okay. Steve Martin was in The Jerk. His butler in The Jerk? Yeah. Was Maurice Evans, Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Well, alrighty then. So anybody that was in The Jerk, boom, direct to Planet of the Apes. Well, isn't that cool? Well, you have once again proven the world does indeed revolve around Planet of the Apes. It does. So go watch all the Planet of the Apes films after Halloween. Good job. Thank you. Indeed. Well, that's about it. Uh, don't forget, check out the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. Yep. I'll be posting. Uh, that's where this will link for this podcast will be posted. And I will be posting a bunch of pictures from this movie yep. and the trailer and the season's greetings, a little animated short will be yes. posted. Yeah. And of course, we'll probably both post that on our personal pages. Before yeah, well, I post it every year. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I until, guess so. Yeah. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.